Hello, welcome to Shaken Not Stirred, the James Bond show. I'm Woo. Richard Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. I'm Richard Smith and I'm joined by Mr. Nick Long. Hello. And today we're going to take you through the man with the golden gun. One it, of the better I, Roger Moore ones, I I, I love it. I love it. It's great. I mean, I certain certain bits are slightly dull, I'll give you that, but I I think overall the pace is pretty good and it's a good one i i always mm. like watching this one i think we're both working off the same file do you want to do a three two one hit play and then we're kind of both in the same place roger moore's just shot the guy with the gun and it's the the opening credits bit he's just done his walk and when he looks like he's about to fall over i was never a fan of roger moore's entrance walk were you not no would... it's it's when he does the the stop and the turn and you think he's gonna he, he looks a bit like he's gonna go over like he's just not that sure on his feet. That that's sometimes the impression I got. Anyway, we cut to is this it's Vietnam, isn't it? Place where um, they, they went there on Top Gear. It's South South China's or South East Asia Sea or something. Yeah. Oh, and Christopher Lee's third nipple with hair. It's brilliant. It's really well done, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. <laughs> Maud Andrews, Nick Knack. Now, I think I was going to say something about this before. I think he had the reputation of being quite a womanizing playboy. I've heard that as well. I'm looking and I, it I don't now. know where. Uh, right. But anyway, the basically we start with that we don't really know what's going on except they're on a tropical island. And this guy is supposedly in cahoots with Knickknack, the hired help. And uh, he's carrying some sort of gun pouch. We didn't see how he arrived on the island, did we? I assume some kind of plane or something Boat like or that. Something, yeah. yeah. And uh, off Knickknack goes with his Tabasco sauce. And uh, we don't really know why this guy's here, but he looks kind of gangster-esque. And we have a little look through Scaramanga's lair which is full of bugs and gymnasium equipment. He's got a lot much of, we see. He's got a lot of rocks in his house. He has. Yeah. Significantly well, fewer rocks in my living room than there are in Scaramangas. <coughs> in fact, he's got a lot of shit in his house, let's be perfectly honest. What is half this stuff? Don't know. I've never understood this, the desire to collect pointless things and hang them on walls. <coughs> he's got a room. God, that room, that room of moths. That's a nightmare for me. It's bizarre. Do I, you not like moths? No. No, 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 no. Um, if I could destroy one animal for all time, I'd first of all, I love animals. I would hate to do that, you know, but <laughs> moths. And, <laughs> See, I'd, well, hopefully, I'd... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe cheat it. Moths and butterflies. Anything <laughs> of the small winged variety. <clears throat> hate them. Hate them. Well, I I think for for ease of life, I'd say spiders. I don't really have a problem with spiders, but everyone else seems to. So to make my life easier, I'd say spiders. But for me personally, I think wasps. Oh, don't get me wrong. I hate wasps and spiders as well. But <laughs> nothing like to the degree that I hate moths. Honestly, it's... Some of my, <laughs> I, I can't begin to explain. You know those like big greenhouses with the butterflies in? Oh, yeah, we went into one of those in Spain. It was brilliant. If I went in one of those, within five steps, I'd be a 
like crying, quivering wreck on the floor of the place, (laughs) screaming, trying to fighting to get out. It would be like a a wild animal mother protecting a young kind of superhuman power to get out of there. Honestly, so so don't visit Scaramanga then. No, God, no. The idea of having a room that is just all this shit—that's terrifying. Absolutely (laughs) terrifying. Anyway. He's he's got some sexy red lighting in his house as well. That's he has, cool. yeah. We find out this guy who's arrived is is there to try and kill Scaramanga, and Scaramanga uses his skill to evade this guy, and then Knickknacks controlling the lighting and all the sort of circusy sideshow props that are confusing everyone. What we're learning is that Scaramanga likes to hunt the most dangerous prey of all. Yeah, man, man, yeah. This is his fun. We don't see James Bond for ages after in this, do we? He's not into no, the opening credits. No, and and also it's one of the few films where the opening scene is straight into it, as opposed to some sort of random scene unrelated to the main plot. Of course, yeah. Well, like, like I say, we're learning a lot about Scaramanga here. I think one of my favourite parts of this is... Uh, the uh, the fact that they're playing the theme song over the top of the scenes, but without the words. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> I feel sorry. Right, so there's some gangsters that pop out and fire Tommy guns at this guy. I feel sorry for the guys who were those actors because they don't move, but they're clearly real people. Yeah, they were. <laughs> That's it's a day's work for someone. It is. They get to come and hang out on the James Bond set. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It is. So that's yeah. I'm looking at him now. Bless him. He's, oh, this guy's going to die. He he's is already sweating. We all know he's dead. Poor guy. Poor guy indeed. And and then we we see a close up of the the golden gun, which is on top of a wig apparently. Let me. What how? Right, I'm behind you. What what? Six forty one. I'm at now. 641. Oh no, I'm using VLC and it doesn't have anything like that level of control. <laughs> um, I think I'm caught up now. I think I'm caught up with this Hall of Mirrors. Who the fuck built all this? I don't know. Who built all this on his tropical island in the South China Seas? Come, I need someone to come and build me a replica mob gang animatronic <laughs> thing a la Disney World on this island. Don't ever ask any questions about it. This is ridiculous. They were probably all killed afterwards, weren't they? Who? Oh, I've this? just worked it out. There's like a raven with the golden or a mag. No, it's not a mag. It's a raven a, or a crow yeah. or something. Yeah, it's not a wig. That'd be weird. It looked man. like a wig. <laughs> this set has been through some battles. You can see just in in some of the close-ups that the set is just battered to crap. They've probably done this scene a thousand times. Yeah, it's probably bits of scenery from other films that were being shot. Oh no! I, you see, I'm I'm tiring it with the Doctor Who brush there. That's unfair. It's a proper film. That's really Roger Moore, isn't it? It is. That can only really be Roger Moore. He's moving. Of course, it's Roger Moore. If that's a waxwork, it's like the best waxwork. No, he ever. he's mo- he moved. Ah, he's right. moving. He can't stand still that for that long. It's an awkward position to stand still in. It is with your arms up in the air. I'm trying it now. You can't see that. I'm trying it now. 
I've got to say, right, the golden gun, it looks a bit bollocks, doesn't it? It doesn't look like a great gun. No. I mean, obviously it works, and there's, you know... He only needs cool one shot, though, doesn't he? He does. So it it doesn't need to be a massive automatic weapon. It, it just... And he just needs to get it through security as well. Exactly. I still can't help but feel that a rifle might be a better weapon for him. Yeah. Man with the Golden Rifle doesn't have such a ring to it, though. Oh, it? no, it's a shit name. <laughs> it, it's, there's no two ways about it. I suppose it, a rifle's still a gun. It is, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I was always confused with the term handgun. Like, there's a type of gun that you don't hold with your hands. A foot gun, maybe. Yeah. Well, actually, there is in this. It's the shoulder gun. The shoulder gun? You know when he goes to the guy who's who makes the bullets? We're getting ahead of ourselves, but he goes to see the oh, guy who makes the bullets, and there's the guy who lost his hand, so he's got a shoulder trigger. Is that what it is? It's a shoulder trigger? Yeah. I, I didn't... I never got it, you know. This actually represents one of the James Bond films that I've seen 300 times and have actually no idea what the plot is. <laughs> Like, what I, is James Bond's beef with the man with the golden gun? I get that he's like this international assassin, but in terms of the number of people He puts a hit killed, out. Yeah. He puts a hit out on Bond, and Bond gets fired. Uh, or he goes on sabbatical so he can hunt him down, because M says he's too much of a risk to have in the field. Well, that makes sense. And you want to give him the freedom of doing that. I'm still on opening credits as a naked yeah, me woman too. dancing in front of a Roman candle at the moment. Yeah, yeah. A good song, Lulu. Good song. Oh, it's one of my favourites. Lulu's brilliant, you know. She is. Great at wailing. She is. I'm going to end up talking about my love of women from the 70s here. What Especially year was this these film? silhouetted ones. Yeah. They do some... <laughs> they do a fabulous job of, even though it's kind of like... You know, they've they've not got cutting edge special effects technology or anything like that but you're very much aware of nipples yes on the silhouettes they they do it they make sure that that is still there um so well done there 1974 this was yes i've actually i've i've met the the lady who was the assistant to the uh title designer on the bond films all right. She's wonderful and and has some great stories. About designing titles for the Bond films? Yeah, because there's one one guy who has basically done all of them. Right, okay. And uh, and she's worked with him throughout the whole run of Bond films as his assistant. I see. Now, I would argue possibly at this point Roger Moore almost looks too old. <laughs> I think it's the suit and the hair doesn't help. The suit looks very woollen. From January 1st, 1970 <laughs> to December 31st, 1979, everybody looked atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like a special pact was made. It was the greatest event in human cooperation ever achieved. We all decided, let's look shit for a decade. All of yeah. us, without exception. Do you think you look good? Get a perm. <laughs> <laughs> voila the 80s yeah and and so nobody nobody looked good for that period of time 
Especially the guy with the moustache in M's office. Yeah, he, oh, big moustaches were good for for looking a dick. Basically, it, it was an awful decade. I hate the seventies. Absolutely terrible. I was kind of reassured when I saw, uh, oh, what was that film with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence and Christian Bale? Oh, uh, Dallas Buyers Club. No, no, that was no. that's the Matthew McConaughey that one. one. Oh, American oh, Hustle. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the one. And there you've got Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper, arguably two uh, two guys that Alison would leave me for in a heartbeat, mm. dressed up to look like they should in the seventies, and both of them looked appalling. And that yes. was the greatest vindication. Look, even Bradley Cooper looks appalling in the seventies. <laughs> it, it's just it was it just how everybody looked, and Roger Moore is no exception. His no. eyebrows are quite trim in this film, though. They are, and his hair is immaculate throughout. It is. It really is immaculate. You can't have him look bad, though. I think that's no. something they've done a good job with with Daniel Craig. Is that? He looks stylish. He looks stylish, but he can look a mess. Like, at the end yeah. of Quantum of Solace, in particular, he's just a mess, because he's just been in a building that exploded. And you tend to look, I think, you tend to look a bit disheveled when the building you're in explodes. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting, actually, isn't it? Because that's one of the one of the tropes of Bond, almost. Because uh, there's a, the famous scene in Goldeneye with Piers Brosnan, where he's in the tank and the statue collapses on top of it. And he pops his head out the top, straightens his tie, and off he goes in the tank. Yeah. Oh, and of course, the, again, in uh, Skyfall with the train thing and the fastening his cuffs as he jumps on and yeah, stuff like that. But Roger Moore never looked a mess. He was immaculate. I, I think it was probably a contractual thing. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. But I, I think they just... It's, I think certainly in this period, the rule was 007 cannot look anything less than great. Regardless yeah. of who's who's playing him, because Sean Connery never looked a mess either. That's true. I think it arguably took until Daniel Craig for James Bond to sometimes look a mess. Uh, Timothy Dalton had a few moments. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. Lois Maxwell definitely looks too old. It is a bit creepy that he's flirting it is. with her here. It's a bit like he's flirting with someone his mum's age. Have we discussed the difference in their ages? Because didn't uh, I seem to I remember we, that we, we found mentioned out it last time? But I, it was aren't they like exactly the same age or something? They I think they are. Yeah. Roger Moore <laughs> born October twenty seven. Lois Maxwell, come on, she's lower down the cast list. February twenty seventh, uh, nineteen twenty seven. February fourteenth, nineteen twenty seven. So yes, they are pretty much exactly the same age. Yeah. So anyway, she has a chat with um with uh Bond on his way out of M's office, which seemed to be quite a long scene of M just going, "Yeah, you've got a hit out on you." And uh, I mean, he mentions Double O Two, was it? I think. Um, and we find out he was assassinated, and so he goes off on a hunt to try and find the man with the golden gun, who killed Double O Two. Um, and ends up in a belly dancing club. Of course, there are worse places to end up. With a, a very um, angry-looking gangster-type fellow. I mean, they might as well be wearing T-shirts that say, I'm a gangster. Yeah. It really is terrible what they look like. I was just distracted by the belly-dancing lady. <laughs> She's very good. I'm sorry, I would get distracted a lot during this film. I'm I'm almost ashamed to admit this. This, this really 
reflects my inner conflict, you know. <laughs> that on the one hand, I'm a co-presenter of a show like Do Ask, Do Tell, with its equalities and fair respect for all and all that sort of thing. And then we come here and we watch James Bond films and I'm sitting here thinking, God, look at that belly dancing woman. She's proper fit. I don't know that she is, though, actually. It's just the belly dancing element. Of yeah, it, I think that works. It is. I, I think it's it's you wouldn't get a belly dancer in a film made today. It would be something more crude. That's very true. But the thing with the belly dancing is it's <coughs> it's giving us a sense of location as well, I think. Yeah. Because he's gone to the kind of place where belly dancing is like the norm. Yeah, some somewhere like at Istanbul or something like that. That's what it makes me think of. He's clearly not in central London. Is no. the thing. He's he's not come to Lancashire or anywhere like that. He's, he's somewhere it, exotic that you'll never go. At least they've moved on from gypsies having a ruck in a gypsy camp. Yes. Yes, it's it's quite bad to say of the Roger Moore James Bond films that in some way they are quite progressive. You know, they are. Yeah, it was it was worse than this. Although <laughs> the, I, I think this this film in particular, more so than Live and Let Die, just marks the the era of Roger Moore just getting off with every woman he meets, <laughs> absolutely every woman. <laughs> Yeah. He will exclusively meet fit women and will always just get off with them. And they'll be <laughs> so pleased about that. They will. Um, and it happens a lot. Why Tapping is he... the behind. Why is he suddenly getting off with this woman? He's just met her. It's... Oh. This, Even if where... he was like that, I don't think she'd go for it. When he's kissing her stomach, it's just a little creepy, isn't it? It is extremely creepy. I'm having I feel like I shouldn't be watching yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And then someone hits you on the back of the head while you're doing it. That's unfair. Oh, it's surprisingly that angry fat man from in the club. And he he, he swallows the golden bullet that was her good luck charm from 002's murder. So it's going to have poo on it. It's going to have poo. But this is my favourite bit where you see the camera crew. I was just going to say, I just saw the camera crew. I've never noticed that before. <laughs> That's what HD transfers do for you. Wow. Of course, yes, we're watching the HD version. I thought it looked good. That's, that'll be why I could see the nipples during the opening credits. Yeah. yeah. See, HD does have its benefits. Oh, I would hate to be in a fight and accidentally break a chair over my friend's head. Your boss's head? Yeah, that is like, not only am I getting the shit kicked out of me, I am going to be so fired later. They do a good job of having a ruck in this, don't they? Mm. It's well well choreographed and, and looks pretty real and violent. Yeah, well, it's a good one. Maybe not real, but violent. Yeah. I, I always enjoyed in the Bond films, they were very good at, at fights in enclosed spaces. Uh, with lots of cardboard. Yeah. Because everything seems to be made out of cardboard and paper in this dressing room. It's not very well put together, is it? <laughs> They love their sugar glass as well. It's good stuff, sugar glass. Have you ever, I'm assuming you've had the chance to play with some at some point. Of course. It's good fun. I bet it is. Well, I'm told you can still hurt yourself with it. You Get can, it in your yeah. Eye. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, didn't, didn't, wasn't that something from the set of The Living Daylights where Princess Diana and Prince Charles went to visit and she got to break sugar glass bottles over his head? Something like that. 
There's a famous picture of it. Yeah. And he pressed the button that fired the rocket launcher out of the ghetto blaster thing. <laughs> That's really there, Prince there's Charles. Not many, there's not many gadgets for Bond in this film, is there? In fact, I can't think of any that um, Q gives him. Q's sort of there as a, a scientific advisor rather than the gadget man for Bond. You know, I think you're right. I, I don't think he's going to be given any gadgets at all, which is a bit of a letdown. So he's he's got the bullet and he goes to see Q and the man with the moustache and uh, makes some sort of references to how he had to poo it out. And now everyone's touching it. Yeah. <laughs> Just leaning over it, you see that? Being at my bum, that has. <laughs> and so they, they, between them, know exactly who to narrow it down to, to who made the bullet based on the gold <clears throat> and, and the craftsmanship. And what 007 had for breakfast the previous morning. <laughs> and of course, there's men in brown coats working on weapons. I love that there are men in brown coats. It, it just reminds me, it just makes me think that, you know, this is what they do at the BBC behind the scenes as well. <laughs> for things like Doctor Who. Men in brown coats just trying stuff out for Doctor Who. I, I, I will go with that, actually. I like that idea. That, that's Any a sort nice of idea. public service place they have to wear... Brown trench coats or brown lab coats. I I want a brown warehouse coat now. I've got a lab coat <laughs> in the wardrobe downstairs. Of course you have. Why? What do you not have a lab coat? And no. What if you need a lab coat? I don't know. I've got a set of scrubs somewhere. <laughs> but that's similar, I suppose. So we end up in Macau, and uh, Bond is wearing a very colonial sort of suit. Oh my God! Look at that jacket. That, I want one like that. It's like a got pockets sort of thing. What? How many pockets do you need on a jacket? Because he's got them all. He's got my <laughs> pockets and your pockets and everybody else's pockets. And there's a frozen child outside this man's shop that's just holding food in front of its face and not moving. <laughs> what is that? That's the whole point. Is that he tries to speak to them and they're just like, "Oh, Westerner," and they're just like dumbfounded this is this is so racist how do you show chinese people they're eating noodles with chopsticks (laughs) that's how we indicate we're in china i doubt that they actually did they go to china i think it says at the end that it was filmed in china right because there's not a lot to (laughs) film in china i suppose that that little bit with the people you could have done that at pinewood and then this is just clearly in a room at pinewood as well with a, a a Portuguese Dustin Hoffman lookalike. Yes, that is precisely who he is, isn't it? He is a Portuguese Dustin Hoffman. Wow. Is he Portuguese? Well, that's that his character is. Okay. I'm not that familiar with it as an ethnicity. <laughs> no. So this is where we find the shoulder-firing gun that he's designed for a client of his. I see. It is. Right. I thought it had a weird... Well, it does have a weird trigger on it, but I thought it was the the trigger was in an, the usual place. I see now. You, I'm learning so much. Wow, I I like to teach where I can, Rich. I'd never seen the crew in the mirror, and now I know about the shoulder trigger. This is this is very good. <laughs> and now he's gonna. I mean, did he not see this coming? The pointing the gun at him. No, clearly not. I'd have seen that coming. There's a big fucking gun there. He wants something. He's going to point the gun at you. Don't have the but gun he's, set up. 
Bond's trying to find out where Scaramanga is and where the deliveries of the golden bullets happen because this guy never meets him. He just makes deliveries. And uh, by shooting him between the legs, but not quite between the legs or threatening to, um, he finds out. A clever little move. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I can. you can feel his tension. That is just mean, 007. That is just fucking mean. He's not going to miss next time. Wouldn't you move? Yes, there you go. While he's reloading. Move. Just fucking tell him. Just tell him. <laughs> I can't get over that jacket, though. It's it's so pocketed. And the lapels. Yeah. Nobody looked good in the 70s. Portuguese <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is dressed better than James Bond here. I know. Oh, there's the golden bullets in a cigarette packet. Clever, you see. Now we have to cut to a casino playing this. Continue... But casinos seem to be the place to hand bullets over. Oh, they're a good place for that sort of thing. I, I've done it myself. Um, <laughs> yes. Th- this is the little bucket wishing well game. Um, it, obviously, the well-known little bucket wishing well you've game. Never seen this game before or since. No. I've been to Las Vegas. There was no little bucket game. Nowhere was there a little bucket game played over two stories of a casino. It does seem odd, doesn't it? What the hell is it? Dunno. This this continues the theme of James but part of I, I think especially these earlier half of the Bond films was to show you stuff that you can't afford, aren't clever yeah. enough for, aren't yeah. sophisticated enough for, will never travel enough for. Look where we've gone to film this. Yes. That's basically what it is, isn't it? Yeah. And so that's what that is. That is a shot of look at this game you don't know what it is and can't understand. People <laughs> play this, but you'll never go there. We've been. It was great fun. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of what it is, I think. So he gets on a ferry following this woman who's picked up the bullets from the casino. They want to do um, something about that big rusty boat. Well, you would think they would. I want I want to know if it's uh, an actual thing. Hang on. Let's, is it the Queen Elizabeth? I don't know. Wreck. Oh, of course, this, this is Hong Kong now. Is that Queen where Macau Elizabeth is? Wreck. Am I being an idiot? What's Macau? Macau's China, and uh, that's across the bay from Hong Kong, I suppose. I think. I don't know. Um, is yeah, it an Queen island? Elizabeth. Hong Kong is a collection of islands, and I'm pretty sure it's attached to the mainland as well. Yeah. But it was a separate entity from China until 1997. Right. When it was handed back to China. From the UK rule. Right. What were you saying about the Queen Elizabeth? Yeah, so the Queen Elizabeth is this uh, this um, ocean liner uh, that caught fire and sank in 1972 uh, in Hong Kong Harbour. Right, so that was and it. It remained there. Um, maybe it still remains there. I don't know can't find it must have been cleaned up by now that would be extremely messy of them wouldn't it well it's one it might be one of those things where they you know it's a now a coral wreck or something right okay so brit eckland's shown up yes i'm a bit of a fan of brit eckland yeah this is the first time where if i were james bond i'd be like do you know what fuck it you and me will just I will wait in my hotel room 
And if he wants to come and get me, I'll, I'll just be here. <laughs> you know, why, why go on a mission? Why go looking for him? He's going to find you. Just sit somewhere, close the curtains, and wait for him to come through the only door in the room with Britt Eklund. Why is this even a film? You know, this should be a film where nothing happens. Yet, bizarrely, lots of stuff happens. He's doing it wrong. He's doing it wrong. That's that's where I am with it at this point. Is he going to see Maud Adams? Now, she confused the hell out of me when I was a kid. Why? Why? Because you didn't think that... You didn't get that she was... Entrapped by Scaramanga. No, I I didn't get the difference between this and Octopussy. <laughs> okay. I mean, as a kid, obviously now I'm in my thirties. I understand that it's two different films. I, I can get that, but uh, yeah, it is. W- women always turn up to your hotel room and have a shower. They do as well. No, no, this is her hotel room. He's he's broken into her hotel. Oh right, okay. I have no, we have no subtitles on this, so I'm kind of. Although I'm watching it, it's from memory. <laughs> Fair enough. If that makes any sense. Yeah, she's. Good job there was frosted glass. He's a dirty old pervert. He is. How creepy is this? Mind but you... also, how creepy is it to shower with a gun? Yeah, that that denotes some level of paranoia does it well actually no because here is a strange man in her bathroom that's not paranoia that's just, so. that's just good set. look she she needed a gun there's a british secret agent while she's having a shower so and he's perving on her in the mirror for god's sake man wouldn't you no I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, well, I might have walked in there because you want to, like, catch her off guard or something like that, but not, I wouldn't have stood there grinning. That just makes it creepy. And then, you know, you don't need to perv over her in the mirror. That's, that's unnecessary. And she's clearly not up for it. Although, as she's a woman that he's meeting, they're clearly going to shag in a minute. (laughs) Plus. She turns her back on him whilst she's on the phone. Mm Hmm. She doesn't deserve to get away cleanly in this. She's terrible. Oh, and he's got her. He'll hit her and hurt her. Bends her arm behind her back. It's, it's a bit violent, isn't it? no need for this. It's uncomfortable. It really is. He'll have to shag it out of her. Because the pain <laughs> won't help. <laughs> wow. That's why he does it, isn't it? That's That's the point. Like, he doesn't want to sleep with all these women. In an but idea, he has to. He has to. That's part of it. That's part of why he c- we can't be secret agents, right? Because part of his superpower is how desirable he is. That's that's part of it. Women just want to shag him and give all their information to him. That's what's going to happen. He's talking her into it, going like, come on. Do it. Go on. It's going to happen. We may as well get it over with now. I'm so hurt by that. that And he's he's indicating the judo chop. He is. Well, I think he's indicating an open hand slap so that it's not violence. It's just, you know, what women need. (laughs) You see, on the one hand, right, we can't really say that this is some sort of domestic violence. She's like the baddie. 
she is the baddie. Th- this is the thing. It- it's not like he's beating up his girlfriend or something like that. It's like it might be all right to hit the woman if she's supplying ammunition to a man who's pledged to kill you, who's an international assassin, but maybe only in that situation. Is it all right to slap the lady? I don't know. Maybe, it's kind of uh, uh, yeah, uh, maybe on the grounds that very uh, few of us will ever have an international assassin coming after us. Oh well, yeah, I guess so. But he solves it with a glass of champagne. He does that. Well, it's important to say sorry, and that you'll <laughs> never do it again. And that let's celebrate. Yeah, really, I I actually like you, even though I just burst in on you in the shower and you've pointed a gun at me. Like, 90% of their relationship so far has involved one person hitting at the other or pointing a gun at the other. I've had relationships that have gone better. And maybe some that have gone a whole lot worse. I don't know. And proper champagne glasses as well. It's none of this champagne flute nonsense. Yeah, you don't see these a lot, do you? But this is no. Bond. I think there's some in my mum's cupboard that never get used. Oh, hello. Yes, and then suddenly a bottom. <laughs> We're at a topless bar where where they show women in the background to show that it's not vulgar and everyone's having fun. And they don't serve alcohol. So it's all okay. Yeah. This is this is quite distracting. There's almost boobs. Yeah. These women have annoyingly long hair. Well, yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? It's PG is what it is. So, which is shocking if you think about it. Uh, and he's wearing a Rolex. He's he not is. wearing an Omega. But there's no, like, fitness tracking on it. Will it control yeah. his Apple TV? I don't know. I just don't know. But there is a lot of uh, product placement in this film. Well, it seems like it's almost unavoidable because there's he's on a street with lots of signs on it. Yeah. Close up of the Rolex, close up of the cars later on. Only American cars. Do you know what? I'm now disappointed with the Apple Watch announcement. If they'd have said, <laughs> look, it's got like a little chainsaw around the outside and a magnet that can deflect the path of a bullet. And or undo a zip. Yeah, and a garrote. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I'd have wanted one even more. <laughs> And this one, so, this one, it, link, it links to a homing device that comes from the Apple Pen. You wasn't see? there one in one of the films that one of them shot a rocket out of it or a dart or something? Um, I think it's You Only Live Twice. He has a nerve-activated uh, dart gun on the inside of his wrist. Right. And he just, like, twitches and it fires a dart or something like that. Don't go swatting at any flies, then. No. Or, or scratching somewhere, or or <laughs> anything like that. So anyway, Bond's on his way to this topless bar. He's been staking it out from outside, and we've seen Nick Knack, but he doesn't know who Nick Knack is. And then somebody walks out, and there's a gunshot because Christopher Lee's hiding upstairs. That's that's a wicked shot, a pistol shot from like hundreds of yards away. Yeah, he must be good. And right in the middle of the head. And, oh, a a Richard Dreyfuss lookalike has been shot. (laughs) (laughs) But they're all old versions of the people. He's an old Richard Dreyfuss. What do you want, though, Mini-Me, there in the street? What do you want? 
Do you want to go and poke the guy? I don't think there was many references to Nicknack being a midget, actually, in this. Maybe one or two. He, he does catch him in a suitcase at the end of the film. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but they don't say the word midget as much as I would have thought of a time where political correctness wasn't high on their priorities. That, that's very true, actually. This being a Bond film, it is really a black hole of political correctness. Hmm. But this this police officer is not really a police officer, is he? He's like the Even Chinese he's James a, Bond. Bond thinks he's under arrest, and he's not. This other guy's not talking to him. To a degree where I would have, I would have to bring it up later. You know, maybe later that night, maybe over a couple of drinks the next night, something like. Like when you brought me in, you know, you could have fucking said something. I clearly thought I was being arrested. You made me look a right dick. I'm pretty sure it's uh, probably something to do with the fact that he's an undercover agent and he shouldn't be saying things like that in public. Bond doesn't give a shit. He's always like, yeah, I'm a spy. But this guy takes his job seriously. Maybe he's got a pension plan he has to protect. Did it it ever occur to you that James Bond in real life would use a fake name a lot more often? Yeah, it did. He, He uses his real name a lot. All the time. Unless that's not his real name. No, we know it is, though. But do we? Yeah. How do we know that? Because we saw his dead parents in Skyfall. Oh, yeah. That put all that stuff to rest. He is James Bond. Yeah. And he uses his real name all the time. If James Bond was a made-up name, that would at least be a bit better, but it's not. It's in. You can look him up in the fucking phone book. <laughs> Unless he's ex-directory. Yeah. He's... Oh, it's it's odd though. I guess if you're on that many missions in that many countries all over the place, it would be hard to keep track of your aliases, and so you may as well just. Well, don't no, you just have one per mission? Tell the truth. Yeah, but what if you run in? You need to use your assets from one mission a few years back. In a new mission, I but don't that know. that that name you used had been publicized or something, and. I I see the reasoning behind it because it's hard enough keeping track of everything when you're a spy. So the more you can base on fact, yeah, the less likely you're gonna get caught out. That is that is very true. That is a key element of being a successful liar. Hmm. Tell as much truth as possible. Um. Plus, there's an element of like he's James Bond and he don't give a shit. Yeah. He's, he's like, bring it. Come to my house. I'll shoot you. Unless you're the man with the golden gun, then I'll be out looking for you. And you better you better watch it. I'm not staying at home with Brett Eklund like any sane human being would be. So this is the bit where we find out that the uh, the wreck of the Queen Elizabeth was a secret MI6 headquarters, which was awesome. I remember when I first recollect paying attention to this film when I watched it as a kid, going, wow! They've got a base on a shipwreck. It is a good idea. And and the design of the set when he goes inside is amazing. All on a slant and everything. Yeah, all on a slant, but also like they've got the stairs that are on a slant, but they've built stairs that aren't on a slant so that you can still walk around. It's brilliant. It's like an Escher painting, isn't it? Yeah. 
he still thinks he's being arrested at this point. This is just, they are taking the piss. They, they're going to have a laugh about this later. <laughs> like, it was 007 and yeah, he thought he was being arrested the whole way. <laughs> well, I think when they say, welcome on board, Commander Bond, yeah. I think that's when it sort of twigs. It's like, why did he think the police were taking him to a boat wreck? I don't know. He thought he was being arrested. Oh, he's just a dumb. He's not as bright as we think he is, is he? No. That's what's happening. That's the conversation in the officer's mess later. Thought he was being arrested the whole time. Those doors on an angle look damn dangerous, though. They do. They are a finger loss waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This place would screw me up. It's awesome set design, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm not complaining. Or, or... They must have had a lot of fun designing and building this. Yeah, it would just screw me up just looking at it now. There are too many angles and that door goes upwards and all kinds of things. It, it's so bizarre. It's like that Alton Towers ride. <laughs> is it Hex? I can't remember. Should we fast forward a bit? Because this is... Yeah, this is really dull. This is dull. P- pick a time code. Um, 44 and 40 seconds. They're staking out some Chinese businessman. All right. They're standing on each other's shoulders. Now, it starts to get ridiculous here, okay? This is where it really starts. But also, by the way, I want a large pond that looks like it's got a dragon in it. So yeah. that that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, as I was saying, this is where it really gets ridiculous. We are going to have so many just shoot him in the head moments. Yeah. An abundance of those in this film. Um, for sort of the next half an hour, 45 minutes, the only saving grace is the barrel roll in the car chase. <laughs> but the whole point is that the supposedly the Chinese a naked woman in the pool as a, sorry <laughs> got distracted again. They, you can see a lot there, Jesus. I don't think I'm as far on as you are there. Forty-five minutes and thirty-ish seconds. Yes, I'm at forty-five twenty. It's coming up. I'll look forward to this. Um. So anyway, saying the whole point is that they think that the Chinese businessman hasn't met Scaramanga because Scaramanga never meets his uh, employee employers. That you, so sorry, you do see a lot of her bottom there, don't you? That's it's not just the bottom. No, that's very true. The, they were pushing the boundaries on that one, and its certificate. That's just a naked woman. We're easily distracted, you know. We are. <laughs> so. Bond decides he's going to pose as Scaramanga and, and have a fake third nipple so that when he gets to the house, the the Chinese businessman goes, oh, it must be Scaramanga, he's got a third nipple. Because that's the only sort of fact that people know about Scaramanga. If you were Scaramanga, why would you put that about, that you got a third nipple? I don't think he started it. I'd be... Probably some chick he was having relations with i wouldn't be happy with that it's like why does everyone need to know you've got a third nipple or do people with third nipples like to tell people maybe that's a thing maybe i i don't know i just it strikes me as a very personal detail to be identifiable with like so the guy can go shit third nipple that must be scaramanga like he's first of all the only guy around with a third nipple and everybody knows to that degree. 
like just oh third nipple like you you have various clients have you ever d- discussed your nipples with any of them <laughs> i probably have at some point i'll be honest right it's, i was gonna get you know, no with that lo- long hours in edit suites things come up you know but no, I've, I've, I, even if one was discussing nipples, I don't think a th- having a third nipple would pop onto the agenda. No. And, and how annoying would it be if you were to go into meetings with potential new clients and you're meeting people like, hi, I'm Nick, and, get, and they're like, oh, yeah, the guy with the third nipple. Yeah, I've heard about you. That's, that's <laughs> embarrassing, isn't it? Three nipple Nick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> So, but that is the world Scaramanga lives in. No wonder he's so angry. I'd I love be how angry. they have letters written on the letterbox on his front door in well, English. That's actually a very clever bomb deterrent. <laughs> uh, you know, you want to post a bomb through. And you're like, oh, no, it only. says let- shit. I'm screwed. And then you, you spend so long thinking about it that the bomb just goes off where you are. Ah. Uh. Seen too many cartoons. Clearly. Uh, So we find out that Scaramanga has already met this Chinese businessman. And uh, so Bond hasn't fooled them at all. But Bond thinks he's gotten away with it because he got an invite to dinner. Oh, right. And they have a quick conversation there. Hey, you should have seen his fake third nipple. It was really good. Yeah. It was in the wrong place, though. What, have you all even seen my third nipple? Yeah, we all know where it is. (laughs) <laughs> God, Britt Eklund's good looking. Was she she married to Peter Sellers for a while, wasn't she? I think she probably was. Yeah. In fact, she was because that's the picture of her on her IMDb page. So this is uh, where we meet the uh, nieces of the Hong Kong MI6 agent in the back of the car. Because of course, that's what you do. You have your nieces along with you. Well, he's dropping them off somewhere. Don't they come on the adventure? Or is that later? Uh, that's later. Okay. But we should skip ahead more. Because this is... Isn't he about to fight that sumo wrestler and beat him by twisting his nappy or something? Yeah, something like that. So he gets he gets attacked. Let, let, we've got to skip forward to the martial arts school. Yeah. He gets attacked and then they chuck him in the martial arts school where there's a lot of people just showing off, really. And it's like, just shoot him in the head. And also, why, he's just sat there, just watching, as if he's like, well, yep, yeah, this is pretty standard, pretty standard when you're kidnapped. This is what we used to do at Oxford. <laughs> or was he a Cambridge person? Um, I don't remember. That would be an important detail. And this is a martial arts school where they fight to the death. It is. Every, that doesn't work. Every day, you would half your pupil population, would you not? But you'd end up with one ultimate warrior. Is that the aim of the school, to take in all Maybe. these people, and they fight to the death until one survives? Maybe. And then he is the one who wears the blue pyjamas. And then they get all new people in, kill them all, except one. God, this is a whole separate film. Uh, but they've got fit girls who come and yes. bring you tea and a hot, moist towelette. <laughs> it's just like being on an airline. It is. 
<laughs> while the guy does his showing off thing. Why is he watching it? Why haven't they just That's killed him? That's my point. Why hasn't he just run off? Why didn't they just kill him when he was unconscious? Just drive him into the middle of the bay and drop him in the in the ocean. You know? It's because... Uh, it's really weird, actually, because... They say, "Oh no, don't do it here. This is my home. Send him to the to send him to the school to get chopped suey to death." Yeah, because it... uh, yeah, it just doesn't go to plan, really, does it? Well, no, because it's a shit idea. But um, we do find out that Bond's supposedly quite good at martial arts. Oh, he's good at everything, though. This is the bit where I thought that Roger Moore probably looked too old. I don't know how old he was at this point. When did we say he was born? Was it 28? 27, 27, 1927. So this is... I'm going to sit back and let you 45. I think this young guy here in the black pyjamas would absolutely cave him in. I, I don't think there's any way James Bond would beat this guy. No, certainly not right. Roger Moore, James Bond, who looks a bit old and decrepit and looks none like... None of he... these none of these punches or whatever that they're uh, throwing and landing look particularly hard. I don't know. It's not that bad a fight scene. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, actually, no, no you've ruined it for me. <laughs> Sorry. I still think the young guy would kick his ass. Yeah. There's just no question about it. He would absolutely kick his ass. He's he's like 20 years younger and clearly done this every day. He's even better at acting it. Maybe he's just an actor. I don't know. It occurred to me that I was watching a film halfway through speaking then. And now he leaves. Now he leaves through a window and just happens to have uh, the guy turn up with his nieces to rescue him. Are... And we have a, a quite a good moment, actually, I think, where Bond's, you know, everyone runs out and Bond's like, right, stand back, girls, I'm going to protect you. And then they go, no, I don't think so. And they take the lead and uh, beat the crap out of the entire guys, school, the, 20 in, guys? the entire school of guys who are trained to fight to the death on a daily basis. Now, watch, this is a great example of terrible movie making, how it used to be where you have the guys who just jump around in the background. <laughs> and they kind of just jump from side to side, doing nothing, not taking part in the fight. So the pe- the person who's fighting, while they're technically beating lots of people, they never fight more than one person at a time. Is that not an honour thing? No. It's a bad filmmaking thing. <laughs> oh, right, okay. I know it exists because Jackie Chan pointed it out on a programme yeah. that I saw him do. And, uh, you know, this is how it how films were made then. And part of his thing was him saying, look, I tried to get to eliminate this in my action scenes, where if I'm fighting lots of people, then I'm fighting lots of people. Yeah. There's not someone just jumping from side to side in the background. And it got to show you just endless examples, even like Bruce Lee movies and other mm. things. They only ever fight one person at a time. And it's quite odd. I, I love how in films, and this is another example of being thrown in water, you're done. That's it. Yeah. End, end of days. Um, it, it's as bad as being just killed. Um, you, you certainly won't attempt to get out. And how the hell do they drive off without him in the car? 
Well, Shell asked this question, and I I sort of tried to defend it by saying, well, they heard he heard two doors shut because Bond let the girls in, shut the door, and ran around to go on the other side. So he assumed he was in, and off he drove. But you would know. He would know it, within like even at, ten seconds. Yeah. But you know, it would it would deny us this awesome boat chase. It would indeed, but it was it's very strained to get there. And it is uh, very strange to get there. And and also I can't help but feel that they did this in the last film. Um there was a boat chase in Live and Let Die, wasn't yeah. there? A very, very long boat chase. Oh yes, I remember it goes on for about a quarter of an hour, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um but this one is in, in China. Or oh, where, okay. Or wherever it is. Yeah. In these little zippy boats that he can't, he suddenly can't make go very fast. It just slows down. And you would have thought he can operate very, very complex machines, but he can't get a boat engine to run properly. With the, and, and here we have also the most English-speaking street child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By by which I I mean I I think he went to Eton. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. He, he, this is clearly a child that they they shipped in for the role, uh, or dubbed over. I actually think it might be dubbed. I I th- it sounds like I'm, I'm going to turn it up in my speakers a little bit. But I think no, I, I'm not convinced that the kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. But anyway, he chucks the kid overboard and leaves him to drown. Oh no, the kid's been swimming all day. He's a child of the water. Ah, uh, river, river kid. Yeah, river kid. He's happy. He's just trying to sell his shitty wooden elephant. That's all he's bothered about. It'll get a job for Nike soon. It'll be all right. <laughs> oh, it's our friend the sheriff. Right, I need to skip on just a little bit to the sheriff bit now. Yeah. He's that secret agent, the English secret agent from England. I hate this so much. I hate this character. I wish they hadn't done this. Shell said exactly the same thing. She said it was unnecessary and it just brought her out the film completely. Yeah. This is not a comedy film. It's meant to be an action film. I think they brought him back because he... he was so well received in the previous one but it made sense for him to be there There now he's on holiday so he's being the brash american tourist there there is no louisiana sheriff who has been on holiday to hong kong like this just no and shouting obscenities at locals he's very racist this sheriff he is he's such a racist man and he's gone to a foreign country which are mainly, I think you'll find, populated by foreign people. <laughs> um, and especially in other continents, people of other races and, and that sort of thing. So he, he he chose the wrong thing to do for his holiday if he was such a racist man. You don't he's get... laughing at the misery of local people drowning. It's terrible. What an unlikable character. He really is just walking around China going, you're oh, shit, you are. Look at you. Look at you. You're a mess. What a horrible thing to do on holiday. He deserves for that elephant to push him into the water. He does. And his wife that 
is almost indistinguishable from the elephant that pushed him into the water. Oh, that's harsh. That wasn't it harsh. I feel bad about that. I feel I feel bad. I she take she that was back. the one who she was the one who was contributing to the local economy by buying trinkets and stuff. That's true. I apologize, everybody. Is that fat shaming? I'm sorry. <laughs> I I wasn't it wasn't just about her being fat, she's also quite ugly. So comedy pulling yourself out of a hole there. People know I don't mean it. Anyway, um he's gone to I right. I want an assemblable model of the golden gun. Yeah. That, that should... would be cool. I'm surprised no one's done it, actually. Yeah, that should be a thing. Maybe it was a toy when it when the film came out. Mind you, 1974. There's no film merchandising in 1974, is there? Um, Probably not. Or what there is will be very limited in scope. Mind you... Oh, were... they've done it. They've bloody done it. What? Limited edition James Bond, the Golden Gun prop replica, made up of a lighter, a pen, something else. I don't know what that is. A bullet. Do you know what? I'm watching him assemble it now, and I can't tell you what the third thing is. There's definitely no. a lighter and a pen. Oh, maybe it's cufflinks, maybe. Cufflinks? Or yeah, a cufflink maybe. box. Maybe a snuff box. Fountain pen, lighter, cigarette case, cufflink, and bullet. Right. That's but awesome. It, oh, it's sold out. It was $479. <laughs> Limited edition of a 1,000 pieces worldwide. Was that Master Replicas? No, it's uh, factoryentertainment.com. Factoryent.com. It's a shame. Never mind. Maybe one day. Yeah. So anyway, he shoots the Chinese businessman and says, I'm taking over your business because that's how it works. Don't need to sign any papers or anything. Well, that, it, wasn't it an, an illegal business? Oh, well, technically. That but, is you know. how illegal businesses work. You just shoot the guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. So I've been led to believe. Okay. So the last chairman of British so. Gas got his job. <laughs> is that so yeah so i hear allegedly i could be i could have made that up i'm not sure should we uh move on a bit can we not just sit and look at Brit eckland in this turquoise dress uh, okay. in the restaurant you know okay we'll move on to an actual event maud adams is back and he's left Brit eckland in the wardrobe he's doing it wrong but clearly he, a he feisty, is doing it wrong clearly a feisty chap if he's able to do this in one evening though you know, Maud Adams doesn't come over and he's like, no, I'm, I am spent for the night. No, he's, he's up for it again. But of course, it's part of his job and he's doing it entirely to get information and that sort of thing. Of course, for the greater good. Exactly. He doesn't want to do this. That's, that's very <laughs> important to, to stress. He doesn't want to do it. She's not going to question the wet patch that's already in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it just occurs to me that that, that would be the he, case. He is the sort of man who does drink champagne or something in bed, maybe? I think if you were getting into a bed that someone had 
like very recently just had sex in like she is doing now you would be aware of that probably but it was it wasn't talked about in the 70s was it i feel it should be in this case <laughs> like it's still warm for fuck's sake that's that's creepy Ladies, if you're getting into a bed with a guy whose bed is still warm from another girl, he possibly doesn't care about you as much as you might like. I certainly don't think he's interested in you as an individual. And then she comes home to Scaramanga. It's all Maud Adams' fault. There's a lot of shagging in this film. There is, yeah. He sleeps like Dracula as well. <laughs> well, funnily enough, because I, I was Googling him after... Uh... I watched this a few days ago and um, he's not done much else apart from this Dracula and Lord of the Rings. Star but Wars. he's played Dracula. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, Star Wars, but he's played Dracula a lot, like more than more than 15, 20 films. Wow. He's been Dracula in. And he leaves Britt Eklund in the wardrobe. He forgets she's there. She falls asleep. And she gets upset. Well, wouldn't so... you? I'd be upset. So they decide to go to some Thai kickboxing to have a meet-up. And, uh, and say that he can receive the solar thing, solar cell that's supposed to convert the sun's energy into electricity via liquid helium for some reason. and um. I don't know how scientifically sound that is. I, mu- no. I must point, point out, sorry, this this uh, boxing match, James Bond and Scaramanga are the two most English-dressed people in the world. <laughs> they really are. You could just point at them from across the room and go, English people. And he's got more pockets on his shirt again. Was that a thing in 1974? Well, when one goes to a foreign land on safari to handle the natives one has to have many pockets to hide trinkets such as flags to put up and say you own the country shiny things to trade for whatever probably more women in roger moore's case yeah so uh yeah the whole point of the film we find out is that this solar cell thing that scaramanga uh has been dealing with with the chinese businessman is going to put the oil well, he's stolen it so that the oil firms won't go out of business. and uh, But it's a scientific marvel. And the only solar cell ever to be invented in the world, ever. And uh, right. Scaramanga's now got it. And no one wrote down how to make it. And, and uh, I hate hi- when that happens. Well, probably Hydra in- interrupted the session and only one was ever made. And Maybe. You know. So he goes to meet, uh, what's the face? Um to get the device at a Thai boxing game and we discover she's dead. Maud Adams is dead, yes. Maud Adams is dead, yes. She's been shot, we assume, by Scaramanga. Well, very neatly in the boob. (laughs) Yes. Now, this is a waxwork. This is definitely a waxwork. This is not her. I think I've either gone past it I think I have. They've just stolen Brit Eklund where I'm up to. Oh no, I'm 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 before that, but I can fast forward to that bit because it's boring before that. So now here's the difference. Now Scaramanga has stolen Brit Eklund. What does he do to her? 
He takes her home, puts her in a bikini, and waits for James Bond to arrive. Yeah, it's true. If James Bond had done this 45 minutes ago, the whole thing would have been a lot easier. But also, it's it's kind of having a dig at women again, because women can't do what they're told and just stay still. They have to go off and investigate and get themselves into trouble. I've been led to believe that that's what women do. Right. Now, why would the American police sheriff... I'm at 121.40. Why is he trying out a car? Well, because it's an American car... And he's interested in American products. The American Motor Company is uh, is who it is. Is he so, some uh, sort of business ambassador, perhaps, that's been... I think it's more a case of we're supposed to think it's American, so he's that's what he wants to do in a foreign country, is do anything that's American. Right, including checking out American cars. Exactly, because he doesn't, he doesn't care about the natives, obviously. Well, they're shit. Yeah, according to him. Yeah. So he's he's not happy. That shirt he's wearing is horrendous, by the way. <laughs> that said, I swear my mum and dad had some curtains like that. <laughs> or a carpet or a tablecloth. Or, or maybe all of the all above. Of the above yeah. <laughs> Very 70s. That was another thing, wasn't it? Let's pick a pattern and cover everything in that. <laughs> we must have a duvet cover that matches the carpet and the curtains and the tablecloth and everything and you notice how this car chase can only take place with american cars being driven fast yeah what is that about i i i I hesitate to say product placement but well it looks like china's a very crowded place to drive actually i wouldn't like to have to do this no I'm waiting for the for it to really get good now because it, it gets well. The, the whole car chase is it's it's a bit long, but basically they end up on two opposite sides of the river. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to skip forward a bit now, actually, to the best bit. Um, Bond uh, Bond realizes they're on the opposite sides of the river and he's going to lose them, and the bridge is you know ten miles back or whatever, but he finds half a jetty or half an old bridge that he decides he's going to jump over the river with the sheriff in the car. Right. This is the greatest car stunt ever put on film. I think I agree. I mean, there's lots of things with cars in films. Like, you've got the Blues Brothers, where I think they smashed up more cars than any other film. In history, yeah. Yeah, and and that that's great. That, that really is great. I've got no problem with the Blues Brothers, you know. Uh, love that film. But anyone can do that. I could, you know, we, we could organise getting a load of cars and smashing them into each other. That's fine. Yeah. But this barrel roll, this is real. This really, is real. really, really, really happened with with drivers and everything. And I've just accidentally reset the time on my film playback. Where is it? <laughs> uh, it's one one twenty seven ish one twenty seven. I keep playing it back. This really happened. They really did this. They really barrel rolled a car by running it I off know. a twisty bridge. I, it did it only happen once it as well. It happened once. The story goes the director said that was great. Can you do it again? The driver just looked at him and went, "No." <laughs> 
that was it. You filmed it. We did it. No one died. The car landed correctly and drove off. We will, we will not do that again. No. And I, I totally understand that. I think it was... Is it this... Oh, no, I think I'm remembering the documentary for Live and Let Die where there's just shot after shot of them just plowing a, a boat into a tree. Uh, that that was Live and Let Die. <clears throat> yeah. This this one, I'm pretty sure it was, we're doing this once, that's it. Whatever oh, you yeah, get, the, you get. The, the barrel roll was. And it's yeah. that makes this film all entirely worth it. Anything that happens either side of that barrel roll is irrelevant. And it's, it's not that bad because it's got Brett Eklund in it. But that barrel roll is, is, and it was it was perfect as well. Yeah, like the the landing was perfect. There was no bounce in the car. They didn't go off center line or anything. It was just one of those things that that stunt man would never have to look for work ever again because he'll be like, "Yep, that was me," and he'd, he'd just get job after job after job. I think I'd just hug him if I ever met him. Yeah. It's like you're amazing. You you are absolutely amazing. There isn't even a nanosecond where you think, "Oh, is it going to go wrong? Did the front end drop dead?" No, you're right. It's it's perfect, and no one will ever do that again. That would just no. be CGI now. It would, or you know, various wires and and cranes and stuff that they'd paint the wires out and stuff. But this actually happened. It was an actual thing. Do we sound suitably impressed by it? I feel like we it, do. Uh, it's amazing. And and completely overshadows the next bit of uh, Scaramanga's car plane. Which is also awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. And what I love about it as well is that they've clearly they've made a full scale model of it. But they've also got like a, a, a scaled down version of it that is used in some of the shots that's being controlled by someone on the ground with a remote control because it looks like it's it looks like that's exactly what it is dangling <laughs> from a string almost it's brilliant i think i might have fast forwarded too far yes i did um it's great though i mean i i would have one of these it does kind of beg the question why don't you just get a plane well, just in case you need a car that can quickly be a plane and you don't want to waste time getting out. and I, I think that it took longer for him to turn his car into a plane Maybe. than it would take me to get out of a car and get in a plane. That, I could be wrong because I've never done much work with car planes, but <laughs> I, I think that's the case. It's awesome. It really is very cool, but why did he not just get a plane? He should just get and rent a car while you're in the yeah. city. Yeah. My, I think Maybe it looks... So. I, yeah, that looks like a remote control plane. Um, <laughs> there's no question about it. That looks like It's a awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I, would, I would have one. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea that it's not an option. It, it's a bit strange, though. What if you crash a car... Or someone crashes into you or you scrape it and the latches don't work for the wings and the engines. It's a bit of a dangerous thing to have in that respect. Because what what if you fancy a new car? But you can't because that car exactly. fits that plane. We Flying cars are one of the things we all sort of fantasize about uh, for I the don't... future. But can you you have to stop and imagine in real life the the immense loss of human life that would take place. 
Yeah. If if we could all fly instead of drive, my God, it would be horrific. It would be absolutely horrendous because we're not all trained pilots. And and even, I mean, oh, I suppose we'd have some level of training involved, but no, thousands of people would be killed in the, the year after flying cars were invented. <laughs> you can't, you can't have them. It's not like Back to the Future. And you can't get pulled over by the cops either, can no. you? Your options are get forced down into a crash or get shot down. They're, they're, there's no, yeah, there's no, oh, you were speeding a little bit. Oh, you jumped that red light. It was, it's right. Either let them go and get away with it or kill them. Yeah. You see, the thing is, you can stop your car without it resulting in the death of everyone on board. Whereas yeah. flying things don't have that luxury until we invent a technology that allows planes to just stop in midair and be yeah. there. I think that's a long way off. It is. Back to the Shit. weird, freaky office. Uh-huh. Messes with my head. Well, hang on. No, before that, I've got a comment on this seaplane that's being flown around these Chinese islands. Because this is some pretty nasty, gnarly flying. Like, whoever was flying this this seaplane, who was the pilot for uh, that's supposed to be Bond, they're doing some good piloting. I think what we've learned about the people who helped make this film is that a, a collection of them are mental. Yeah. I mean, come on. Someone said, can you do a barrel roll in a car? And they went, yeah, I think I can, probably. Love a go. I would laugh and say no, but they someone didn't else, do that. Someone else said to some other stuntman, how do you fancy flying a seaplane in between these massive, massive boulders where you've got about two meters clearance on either side fancy that yeah all right that's what they do that's their job whilst we film it from a helicopter that's going to be hovering right in front of you it scares the shit out of you and i but it's what they're meant to do <laughs> it's so well photographed he's got a fly on his shoulder you're joking There's... no if you go to one hour 34 and 38 seconds there is a fly on Bond's shoulder. Oh, not got good control here. Maybe if I make it huge. It's, no. just, it's just after he's he flies through in between the two boulders. Oh, yeah. There's a bloody fly. And that was shot in the studio as well. Isn't HD amazing? Wow, HD is amazing. This 1080p transfer of it's brilliant. It is. I, I'd heartily recommend the Blu-ray box set to everyone if you want to watch these. I said, I've not tried one on Netflix. There's a fly on his shoulder. I can see the legs of the fly and everything. <laughs> That's amazing. I told you. Wow. That That's pretty amazing. It's interesting when the plane banks that the curtains on the plane don't move with gravity. <laughs> Almost as if he's not on a plane. Wow. And do, but anyway, so he lands on the beach. I just love how he just surfs it up onto the beach. Like Puts that. on his woolen jacket. It might and get off cold go. later. I, I don't... Uh, and Nick Nack arrives with some champagne. And he's kept his tie on. He put a tie yeah. on for this. I wouldn't have bothered. And that's the difference between Bond and me. He's got the class. I think 
Knick-knack with the champagne. Are we fat? Let's jump forward. There's a bit of discussion. That's, there is. He shows him round his plant. Stupid idea. Yeah. Don't show him around. And what is this thing? Like, he has a power station. That strikes me. Is that powering his island? Um, And his laser cannon. It's a lot of power, isn't it, for for that? Like, maybe just a big, you know, when you... Like, for example, the main stage at Glastonbury, right? <laughs> I bet that uses quite a bit of power when it's on full blast, right? Do you think they yeah. have a power station or just no. a few generators? Yeah, Scaramanga power station with six vats that must not be risen above a particular temperature or everything will explode. That's what it says on the sign. Absolutely. Although it isn't. The sign is very um, bad English, actually. Let me see if I can find it. Absolute zero must be maintained. That's. I'm not sure how obtainable that is by humans. Absolute well, zero. Are you familiar with It doesn't with say... It, 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 what else does it say on there, though? It says absolute zero must be contained. Maintained. Maintained. Oh, does it say maintained? I thought it said something yeah. else that wasn't quite English. Like, are you, are you familiar with the what that means? Absolute that's zero. Zero Kelvin, right? Yeah. Like, but that's why they're using liquid helium, I suppose. Which, which is nothing, nowhere near absolute zero. Nothing is. It's like, I, I don't know that we can even do that. I, I don't think we can, you know. I don't know. It, it, it's certainly not a thing you have sitting bubbling away in a big tank. <laughs> I'm, I'm like seriously it's it's that's a big thing absolute zero that is that is the temperature at which everything stops it's it's a i don't know it's like light speed or something like that it's a weird it's a thing but we can't do that that's what it says absolute zero must be maintained to prevent prompt criticality uh, well you don't want criticality or prompt or otherwise <laughs> so i i can only imagine prompt criticality i'm having trouble saying that uh yeah that sounds like a bad thing but he's got a big solar panel as well and how yes. 70s is that control panel it's just a it's big a, white it's brilliant isn't it right i'm doing a search for attaining absolute zero and this is where he shows off his laser as well, because he uh, he shoots Bond's plane with the laser and it explodes. So Bond has no escape now. Well, yeah. How does he get... Oh, in the boat, doesn't he? He steals his yeah, boat. Yeah, he does. It's a big laser gun mounted there for absolutely no reason, really. What does he expect to use it for? Defence. But he's a, he can only defend that one beach. There's one dude's come after him, and he let him <laughs> land his plane on the beach. What what's going on? It'd be great if there was some sort of D-Day landing. Then his 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 laser cannon might be useful. But right now, it's a bit shit. It's not. It doesn't seem very aimable either. No, and the laser seems to be stored in the barrel. It does. <laughs> I don't Active know what that's all the about. time. 
Yeah, lots of pipes and stuff. It's very badly designed. I hope that's a prototype. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just reading about Absolute Zero here. And if it's possible to get it. How low can you go? Getting down to Absolute Zero is essentially the identical problem with getting up to the speed of light. Getting to the speed of light requires an infinite amount of work, while getting down to absolute zero requires extracting an infinite amount of heat. Wow. Just to be clear, both of these are impossible. Except for in six large containers in Scaramanga's basement. <laughs> Brit Eklund in swimwear. Absolutely. And uh, so Bond's invited to dinner, as one does with a guest before they're being killed oh absolutely um, this is a common thing for james Bond. it's very gentlemanly absolutely very, uh, it's chivalrous it is cricket yeah is what quite. it is it's it's being nice and i've got to i've got to throw a shout out as well to the the guys who designed knickknacks kitchen because it's awesomely in proportion to him is it like it's a little mini kitchen yeah a little bit I need to fast forward to seeing his mini kitchen. It was at one forty two ish. Yeah, I think I went. Yes, it is. It's like a little mini kitchen. That's one of the it's it's one of those things. What what do you do? Do you make the mini kitchen or do you make a regular kitchen and put like steps and stuff? Yeah. I'm always... it, it makes me wonder why they didn't build the control room for his playground better then, because he has to stand on a bar to see out of the little exactly lookout point. It, it reminds me of the the problem the producers at The Weakest Link must have faced when Warwick Davis was on. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Do you give him a little thing to stand behind, or do you give him a normal-sized thing with a big chair? What What do you do? I don't know the answer. They gave him a little pedestal. Oh, that's cool. That's what they went with. I don't know what I'd have done. It's one of the, like, we either get it right or we cause huge offence. And yeah. no one has any frame of reference to say which is the correct thing to do. And clearly this film would not help that situation. Like He's got a little kitchen, but he has to climb around the playroom control room. So what, what's <laughs> going on? Christopher Lee looks old in this as well. Well, not as old as he currently looks. Well, th yes. Because he looks like he died about 20 years ago. That That is very true. Uh, I just felt that Christopher Lee was somebody who always looked old to me. Yeah. Even though he's probably really not all that old in this film. He's probably of a similar age to Roger Moore, I would imagine, without looking him up. I should look him up. Bear with me. <laughs> He's... But they have a they have a good old chat over over dinner, and then they decide that, or Scaramanga decides, the only way that this can possibly be resolved in a gentlemanly ma manner is a pistol duel. There's nothing to resolve. You could just shoot him now. But oh, no, he's a gentleman. He, he, I think he wants Give the him a challenge sporting of, chance. He wants the challenge of killing 007. Yeah. Um, so that, that's got to be it. That's what he needs to do. Um, whereas we all know he's going to lose. Because 
that'd be rubbish if he killed James Bond. I'm fast forwarding now to the actual gunfire. Yeah. And of course, been... the, the control guy of the power station takes this time <laughs> to start <laughs> trying Google to sexually Brit assault <laughs> Britt Eklund. <laughs> what a creepy, creepy dude with his little onesie with the chest cut out. The, the man who never speaks as well. Yeah. He doesn't utter a single word in the whole film. Well, don't you pay more if they speak? Yeah, you do. There you go, you see? He was well cheap, this guy. Well cheap. <laughs> oh, kill Nick Knack. Smash him in. He annoys me. Yeah. And the voice and everything. Have you ever seen Fantasy Island? I haven't. I, keep, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. I keep meaning to, like, just watch an episode. I think you can buy them on iTunes or something like that. I'd pay for one just to watch it. Yeah, that's the, the plane, the plane thing. Him and Khan. Yeah. You'd think that Scaramanga would be just well up on his own playroom. It, it, it seems like sometimes he is himself caused trouble by the things in it. Well, I think that's part of the plan that Nick Knack's supposed to make it as challenging as possible. Kind of like um, Kato for Inspector Cluzo. Sure. But anyway, Bond... There's a lot of just sneaking around quietly in this bit, isn't it? Yeah. It's not really very exciting. It's quite tense. But it's not. Bond, Bond breaks the breaks the rules and goes behind the scenes, and then and then it gets tense because Nick Nack's like, "Well, I can't find him." Why does the guy keep trying to sexually assault Rhett Eklund? <laughs> He's on an island with Scaramanga and Nick Nack, and suddenly this female in a bikini turns up. That doesn't give you the right to to start feeling her up, though. I'm sure it it does in the seventies. Fair enough. <laughs> Absolute zero must be maintained. Oh, and she threw a man in. Oh, what a mistake to make it. Oh, I don't know. In typical Bond style, stupid woman. Yeah. You know, she's going to ruin it all, and he's got to get the thing off, and she's going to make that more difficult as well when he tries to because... get the Solex out of the thing at the end. Yeah. And and because she leans against the control panel with her buttocks, and uh, it all just starts going wrong. Damn women and their buttocks. Yeah. And that lever that will move up on its own. <laughs> Terrible user interface on that that big white bubble. I swear there were, you could get a stereo that shape, the shape of that control panel, big white bubble thing. Yeah. So, hang on, does he kill... He does, sorry, we've missed the bit where he kills Scaramanga. Yeah, because it's boring. He... he pretends to be the waxwork James Bond. What happened to the waxwork James Bond? It's not on the floor next to him? He hid that somewhere. Okay. He had time to do that. Yeah, because he put its jacket on as well. You'd steal the gun as well, wouldn't you? Maybe he did. You'd steal the golden gun. Oh no, didn't he have the golden gun the whole time? Yeah, because they were doing no, the Bond. duel. 
Oh, yeah, Bond would, yeah. would steal it. As a memento from the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, I, yeah, good point, actually. You'd have that. Yeah, she's a stupid woman trying to figure out the control panel. She's supposed to be an agent, and yet she's depicted <laughs> as ditzy and not very bright and <laughs> all this sort of thing. She's certainly no female equivalent of James Bond. No. It's not a good depiction of women. I don't defend this in any way at all. It's We haven't mentioned what she's called in this. She's Agent Goodnight. Yeah. The first of... No, not really the first of the stupid no. names. It's not one of the worst ones. No. But it is a bit of... Plenty of tool. Yeah. It's, it's not that bad, but it, it does try to be a bit of a pun. Yeah. And it becomes a pun at the, at the end because basically what happens is that Scaramanga dies, the whole facility blows up because it's no longer absolute zero and they run off to Scaramanga's boat, sailboat to escape. And uh, they they relax because they're now out to sea and no one can get them except that Knickknack has sn- snuck aboard the ship and is hiding ready to kill them with a very blunt knife. <laughs> Do you think if at this point Nick Knack knew Scaramanga was dead that Nick Knack would actually give a shit about killing James Bond? Well, it's destroyed his life. Well, I, I, yeah. And destroyed the facility that he would have inherited had Scaramanga died. Granted. And the facility not blown up. He is, he is out of a bit of cash. He's lost his job. Whatever. That's, that's, I get that. But still, he's just watched James Bond kill Scaramanga. Nicknack is not going to succeed where Scaramanga failed. And Nicknack should realise this. Well, he does when he's put in a suitcase. Yeah. Because that's how Bond defeats him, puts him in a suitcase and then pretends he's throwing it overboard so that Goodnight goes, oh, James. But actually we what? find out he's he's in a crab pot or something, isn't he, at the end? Yeah. What What's James Bond's final line to M? Goodnight. Goodnight, sir. Yeah. Because he's he's on the phone. Because uh, he's supposed to be handing it over to Goodnight. He's going Goodnight, Goodnight, Goodnight. And Bond picks the phone up and goes Goodnight, sir, and hangs up. Uh, which yeah. is it's a brilliant line. It is a brilliant line. I'll give him that. It's okay. It's no keeping the British end up. <laughs> oh God! Attempt? Uh, no, was it attempting re-entry? We got that yeah, one to I think come he's as well. Attempting re-entry, <laughs> Moonraker. <laughs> I didn't know. I think this works so well because it's not cheesy. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's a lot to give a character a name just so you can get that line out at the end. But hey, James Bond. It's one of those things where where the the writer thought about it at the end and went, "Ah, shit! We should call her Good Night. Find and replace." No, that's cross out and write in again in 1974. Yeah, you don't true. make changes unless you really mean it. I think. I think. I think it's worth a change for that joke. Fair enough. Well, I'm at the end. Yeah, done. I, that's it's a great one. It's a it's a really good one. It's not the best film. Like I I, but as a film, it's not the best. But it's a really good Bond film. Yeah. And I think the fact that it's it's Christopher Lee, he he makes it. I think. I nearly bought his uh, new album. Of course, 
He's just had a new one out. Um, okay. Are you are you familiar with his work? No, I'm not. Um, I I very encourage you. That's not the correct use of words. I very really much encourage. I very much encourage you to go and check out Christopher Lee's music. Um, he's this is recently released stuff. I'm just thinking if it's on iTunes now. Uh, this is very recently released stuff. Uh, yeah, Christopher Lee, you can do a search. He's in there. Right. Now, I, I like the technical setup to play you some of this over uh, Skype. Okay. It's heavy metal I'll go and music. i look for it. <laughs> right? But it's it's absolutely genuine stuff um, okay and and it's it's quite special in that william shatner's music is quite special right i understand he's got two christmas eps here a heavy metal christmas and a heavy metal christmas 2 uh, including the little drummer boy silent night the heavy what we're talking about is pretty much like the death metal version of silent night by christopher lee this is a real thing. Uh, the, re- okay. the release date on that was 2012. Uh, which, which one was this, sorry? Uh, the a Heavy Metal Christmas. Like, if you just search for Christopher Lee in the iTunes store, uh, yeah. you'll, you'll find it. If, and again, to anyone listening, if you haven't heard this, I, I, I cannot tell you. you. You have to hear it. You, you have <laughs> to hear it. it it's, it's too much. So, uh, oh, yeah. I've strayed into films. I want music. Hang on. Uh, albums. We can let you can... Heavy Metal Christmas 2. <gasps> yes. Um, it's. Oh, with Jingle Hell. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Yeah. It's It's real. That that is real. Go on, play play yourself a little bit. I am. Isn't it? Isn't it rather special? It's basically him. Oh, it's good. Oh, he's got someone called Charlemagne Omens of Death. Yeah. Yeah, I believe he's working on another one. And stuff. So that's just these Christmas ones. I wow. think that that album called Metal Night is. I think that's that's a separate thing. That's the Impossible Christmas. Dream. Yeah. Oh, an awesome song. Oh wow. my god! Oh, and that came out a couple of months ago. Wow! This is awesome, isn't it? I'm playing some over while we're talking now. This is going in the final version. I don't care. Because <laughs> we're, we're, we're reviewing it. It's fine. It's amazing. That's, that's real. I know I keep saying that, but I have to, I'm reassuring myself as much as anything else. That's real. Wow. This is awesome. You, okay. Have you bought it? Enough yet? of that. Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. It might go on a wish list somewhere. It's not the sort of thing I can buy, but it's the sort of thing someone else could buy me. Well, it's it is something rather special. 
have we, have we anything else to cover with the uh, the man with the gun? I don't. I don't think so. Man with the gun gun. James Bond will return in the Spy Who Loved Me. That's a special one. Is that the that's the one with the parachute at the beginning, isn't it? I think it is. That, as, that I mean, that looks terrible from memory. No, because that but was we'll, real. We'll get as to well. that. We'll get no, no, not the close-ups of his face. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I remember. I know what you're saying now. Of course, absolutely. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. It's been a pleasure to go through the man with the golden gun. It and really has. We will return with the spy who loved me. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>